the Transport Workers Union Local 513 podcast with Second Vice President Brian Parker is online and streaming. Take it away, Brian. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TWU Local 513 podcast. Joining me today is President Greg Cozy. Hey, how you doing, Brian? <laughs> I'm doing good. How you doing, Greg? I'm all right, brother. So this is going to be an update. Uh, we haven't had a podcast in a while. I know I start every podcast to say the same thing. <laughs> but it's true. It has been a while. It has been a while, and it's tough to try to jive schedules and get this done. But anyway, here we are. Quite a bit has happened since the last time we've talked. One thing that has changed since the last time we talked is there's a lot of hiring happening right now. Yeah, not just with American Airlines, but also with Allied Aviation. A lot of hiring at DFW, hiring in Austin. As you know, we represent the members in Austin. So we just had a hiring event here at DFW last week. They made a significant amount of offers. And uh, I know that they also had a hiring event two weeks ago in Austin. I think they had 17 or 18 offers. And I do believe that's going to kind of continue going forward. I know they're trying to beef up for the summer schedule. I don't want to get too far ahead because we've got more current things to talk about. But since we're there, go ahead and talk about the summer schedule. Well, yeah, they are hiring to beef up for the summer schedule. They are anticipating adding about 60 more mainline flights for American at DFW. And so with that, you know, of course, we need more employees, more people to work those flights. So we're trying to push the management to get ahead of the curve. Uh, historically, we've kind of waited a little bit too long. And so when those people finally get onboarded, trained and everything else, it's usually like midway through the summer. And so uh, we've been a little bit more proactive now by uh, getting folks onboarded now, going through the investigation processes to get their badges and security issues. And so uh, hopefully we can get everybody trained and in place uh, by the end of the spring. Yeah, it's hard to run an airline without headcount. And uh, according to the recent news, it's hard to run an airline with uh, technical uh, abilities as well. I know Southwest really struggled. They were all over the news in the recent weather event. They've got a lot of work to do over there. They really kind of helped with American because American didn't fare too well either, but in comparison, a lot better than Southwest. But let's talk about the recent weather event and the operational and as always, the stellar job that our members did to keep it going. Yeah, absolutely. So actually, there are two separate events. There was one right around the Christmas, New Year's holiday. As well documented through the news that our competitor at Love Field had a lot of challenges throughout their system. Some of it was related to the weather, but again, you know, it's hard to say that it was all weather related because all of the other airlines suffered the same catastrophic weather. Issues that they had revolved around supposedly, allegedly, according to our colleagues at 555 and 556, wrapped around the antiquated computer systems that they have. You know, like I said, it's very well documented. But the flip side to it with that weather event was that while we had challenges at American, the one thing that really came through, in my opinion, was the fact that our people, our members, really stepped up to the plate. The icy conditions, the cold, everything else that everybody else in the industry suffered from. We had our challenges at DFW as far as, you know, baggage systems failing and et cetera, et cetera. Our members were unbelievable through that whole process. At one point, we had about 25 or 26,000 bags that were in DFW, obviously didn't leave the station. 
And so our guys helped coordinate getting those bags, not only to their proper destinations at some point, but helped formulate a plan where massive amounts of the bags were sent to other stations so they could be sent to their final destination that way. But I know it was a bit of concern that some of our members had to come out of their work area, but the bottom line to it was it was a massive effort on the part of our members to pull together and put the airline back on track. And so, you know, it's one of the things that I always talk about when I go to headquarters is the fact that our members put the operation and they put passengers first. And so I was very pleased and very proud of our members, the way they responded through that whole event. So as far as the second weather event, that was the most recent one. As you know, we, we suffered a brief ice storm January 31st and it continued it through the first couple of days of February. And so our members were unable to come to work because of the icy road conditions and et cetera, et cetera. Because it was a lot of back and forth about how our members would be charged if they didn't report to work. And so we were able to negotiate where our members who were coded UTO or designated event for those days, uh, if they had that days or a day at a time vacation, that they were able to utilize that. And then the second component of what we were able to negotiate was that they would not receive attendance points if they uh, utilized the that day. Okay, with weather obviously brings a lot of challenges just from the operation running smooth, but it also presents a lot of hazards in regards to the safety of our members. You want to touch on any of that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, safety is paramount. You know, we always say, and I, I would say it at the membership meetings, that we want our members to go home in the same condition in which they came to work. And so during these weather events, it becomes even more crucial that our members do everything that they possibly can to remain safe, not just at work, but coming to work and indeed at, at home. Safety is always a concern of ours. We have a fantastic safety committee. They have been out and about going from work area to work area, trying to articulate our safety concerns. They're doing a fantastic job. But I also want to touch on a couple of things. I, it would be remiss if I didn't speak about the tragedy that happened uh, the latter part of December, where uh, we suffered a loss in the American Airlines family. One of our co-workers in uh, Alabama was ingested in uh, an engine of an Embraer airplane, and they're still doing, you know, a lot of investigation, but it causes us to take a step back and just realize just how dangerous our workplace is and how important it is to do whatever it takes to remain safe. The other thing I want to talk about with safety is something that's a little bit closer to us, which is we've seen a recent spat of aircraft damage and tow bar issues. And so we know that our members who've been involved in issues with tow bars are filling out the GSAP reports and they're being investigated. But there seems to be somewhat of a common denominator, and that is that our people are pushing the airplanes too fast. As they kind of mine the information uh, during these investigations, they're finding that people are actually pushing the airplanes in drive, whereas we all know that we should be pushing airplanes in the lowest gear possible and pushing at a walking speed as opposed to you no know, rushing or whatever to try to get the airplane out. Uh, one of the uh, issues that I want to address at our membership meeting will be the fact that, you know, everybody has to be cognizant of the tow speed and be sure to check the tow bars, check the pin. I'm going to make the recommendation that it takes two people to hook up a tow bar. And we get comfortable. Don't get me wrong. You know, everybody gets comfortable and it doesn't become an issue until it becomes an issue. But, you know, it takes two people to hook up a tow bar to an airplane. 
And uh, when we push, we need to push at a walking speed. So those will be some of the things that I will emphasize in the membership meeting. And also I'll task our safety committee to get that message out as well. Okay, so we're going to be receiving some profit sharing. It's going to be a first time, you know, in quite a while. Yep, yep. There's been a shift in the time frame for when a profit sharing will pay out. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, yes. Yeah. So as you may remember, last year was a challenging year. At least it started off being a challenging year from a financial standpoint for America. And so we lost a huge amount of money. It was well over a billion dollars the first quarter of 2022. However, the forecast was, was very bright. And so the association struck a deal with American to alter the contract a bit. Both parties agreed to capture the profit sharing qualification year from January to move it to the actually the second quarter of 2022. So the profit sharing year is from April 1st of 2022 to the end of March of this year. And so, as you know, American Airlines made a profit the second, third and fourth quarters of 2022 and is expected to record a profit for the first quarter of this year. And of course, we won't have those numbers until the end of March. The letter was signed, I think it was May the 19th of last year, to where American has agreed to move that profit sharing year back so that we can capture a full four quarters of profit and therefore the members should share into the profit. The payout, according to the agreement, was the latter part of June. As you know, you sat with me during the state of the airline. Folks at the headquarters gave a date of uh, the late May, but I'm going to stick to the June. <laughs> I bet, you know, yeah. uh, that's what we agreed on. So, you know, the, there's an anticipated profit sharing for uh, the 2022 uh, calendar year. So just for clarity, the 2022 payout folds into the first quarter of 2023, but the 2023 profit sharing, should there be some for, you know, full profit sharing in this year would still encapsulate just the 2023. So yes, uh, the first quarter of 2023 will quote unquote be counted twice. Yes. In each formula for 2022 and 2023. Correct. Okay, and some more good news. We ratified this agreement on March 26th of 2020. So March 26th is going to trigger another contractual raise. Yes, the contractual raise will be triggered the first day after that for this year, uh, March 26, 2023. And you will see your contractual raise on the first full paycheck after that date. So yeah, it's, uh, it's good news. We we actually shared that news with some new hires yesterday, told them that uh, not only do you just start your career with American Airlines and your career as a brother and sister of uh, local 513 Transport Workers Union, but uh, you're going to get a raise soon. So yeah, it was a good group yesterday. Very good group. There is another raise coming for our crew chiefs. Yes. Uh, so the, the uh, crew chief uh, override goes to, I think, $2.40. Correct. From 220 to 240 Yeah. Okay. So I know you mentioned some hiring at Allied. What's going on with the contract? Do you have an update on negotiations? Yes. So our members at Allied Aviation, I don't have to tell them how difficult it is to deal with uh, Allied leadership, not so much locally, but their corporate leadership. Their corporate leaders are the ones who we are negotiating our contract with. Very difficult process. We have sent a comprehensive proposal to them last week, still working through pieces of the economic package. Uh, we believe that, and I, I will say off the top that I'm more optimistic now than I have been in the past, that we will reach an agreement 
but it's still tough sledding. I do know that our colleagues at the IEM Lodge 142, they're in mediation with the uh, Allied Aviation. And uh, we're trying to avoid the mediation because if we can enter into an agreement and get the agreement ratified by our members, a good solid agreement as quick as possible because our members deserve it. And then that's what we're going to try to do. Uh, of course, if we go to mediation, then that's even a longer, more drawn out process. But yeah, we were scheduled to meet last week by Zoom and uh, they reached out to us and, and said that they were uh, trying to prepare a uh, comprehensive package uh, to turn over to us, which would be honestly their first comprehensive package that they've turned over to us. So again, another point of optimism that they're trying to, at some point, negotiate in, uh, in good faith. But uh, I'm cautiously optimistic that we'll reach an agreement with them in the coming weeks. Well, I will say that uh, your use of the word difficult, you know, in regards to dealing with allied leadership uh, you used it a I'm, couple of times i'm being kind and you're being yeah. very kind i was gonna say your your use of difficult is very diplomatic yeah well so we'll leave it at that and kind of move on from that but the one thing that i do want to say is to your point our, our members at allied do deserve a solid contract and whatever steps we have to go to get that for them we will do that Absolutely. We'll exhaust all measures. And if we have to go to mediation and we'll go to mediation and we'll do whatever we have to in order to, to secure a good contract for our, our members there, they deserve it. Absolutely. Okay. So speaking of allied, let's talk about Menzies. Okay. We've had our preliminary discussions with Menzies Aviation. I'm ready to, to start negotiating with them for a contract. The honeymoon period with with Menzies is just about over. You know, anytime you bring in a new company and, um, you know, there's that kumbaya that kind of goes on where you're feeling each other out, those days are over. What I'm finding with Menzies leadership is that um, they want to utilize the contract when it benefits them, and then they want to violate the contract when it doesn't. We're very consistent. The contract is the contract. It's in place for a reason. It's been negotiated, agreed upon, ratified uh, by both parties. and uh, they have to, to abide by the contract just like we do. Uh, There's some things that they want in negotiations that, quite honestly, we, we probably, you know, we, we won't give them. Uh, but there'll be some things that we want. But uh, as far as the update is concerned, again, we've had the preliminary discussions, and we will probably have our openers the day after we finish with the Allied. Okay. Well, that's a pretty good update. I really don't have any more questions. I know that you always like to end on what you call housekeeping items. So do you have any today? I do have a few. Okay. One of the things that I talked to American Airlines leadership about on a pretty consistent basis is the notion that we both have to do, and I say we, I'm talking about AA leadership and the TWU leadership. We have to do a better job of letting our members know just how great of a job they're doing. A lot of times when I walk around the ramp or whatever, whatever work area I'm in and I talk about just how good we're performing, people kind of challenge me a little bit and say, you know, are you sure it doesn't feel that way? It doesn't seem that way. The bottom line is, could we do better? Absolutely. But we're kicking butt. Uh, our members are the best. And I think sometimes we hold ourselves to a higher standard than even management. A lot of times we find fault in what we've done. And in reality, we're doing a really good job. And so first I wanted to kind of give you some numbers, some data to kind of suggest that we're trending in the right direction. In DFW, the load factor for February. Now, obviously we know that January was 
very heavy load factor. And in December, the load factor in DFW was over 95%. So we had a tremendous holiday season, but the load factor for February is at 78%. And our right star percentages are at 68%, which for DFW is very good. Some of our other stations that we represent, Austin's load factor for February is 65%, right start at 75%. San Antonio load factor at 74%, right start at 85%. Nashville, the load factor is at 73% for February. The right start is at 77%. Raleigh-Durham, while we have members there, it's an IM station, but I'd like to address those stations as well. Low factors at 70%, the right stars at 81%. New Orleans, load factors at 78%, right start at 86%. And last but not least, Houston, load factors at 77%, and the right starts at 90%. And also want to offer congratulations to our members in Houston. Houston recently won the Customer Cup for the fourth quarter of 2022 in the domestic category one section. I want to give those numbers, and I know, you know, people get bored by the, the numbers and everything, but I think it's really significant because we've been down on ourselves for so long. It's important to recognize the fact that we are getting better, that we're doing better. I'm, I'm very strong when I say this. It's because of our members. It's because of the frontline, unionized workforce who come to work every day, who sacrifice their bodies to try to get those bags, those bags on the airplanes, the airplanes out. Our guys who make sure that the equipment is safe for us, our GSC uh, and facility guys, members. So it's a, it's a complete partnership amongst the unionized workforce. And so our numbers are getting better. We have in cargo at DFW, for example, we have one chargeable cargo delay for the month of February. We're already more than halfway through the month of February and only one chargeable delay. We're averaging between 550 and 650,000 pounds of freight on a daily basis out of DFW cargo. I mean, that's very significant. Those things, I, I think that are important for our members to know that, you know, we are doing a very good job, even like with our allied fuelers. Less than 0.6% of the delays at DFW have been caused by fueling. That's a, that's a huge number from where we were just two years ago. It really is. So that goes back to the testament of the work that our members are doing across the board. The DOT rankings for American Airlines and the latest numbers that I have are actually from November of 2022, but American is ranked fourth out of the 10 major airlines for arrivals. So far the year to date, we're doing well now. You know, I just think it's really important that at some point we acknowledge the fact that our members are, are knocking it out of the park and will continue to do more. Like I said, when I go to headquarters and I have those conversations with folks, they're surprised about how much our members care about the operation. They've done walks around the ramp at DFW, and they told me they anticipated getting beat up about really what they thought would be trivial issues. The vast majority of the conversations that they have with our members, our members are asking for more equipment. Our members are asking for better processes in order to better service the customers. And it's all about that for our members. And so I just think it's real important that that I start recognizing the fact that our members are really, really doing a good job. Well, Americans got it down as being the largest airline. The metrics say we're not there is absolutely the best yet. But to your point, we do have a ways to go. But our members, they've always been that. It was an opening for me a few years ago. I actually challenged Robert Ison to walk the ramp prior to him being CEO. 
was back when we were during negotiations. And to your point, I thought that, you know, our members, for lack of better words, would hand him his ass. But constantly they were pushing, hey, we need more tow bars to push airplanes. You know, we don't have enough equipment, equipment, equipment. And it was all about doing a better job. It wasn't anything about, you know, anything trivial. It was, right. uh, you know, about doing the best job that we can do. You know, we're all invested in this airline and our future. So, yeah, we do have the best members. I'll, I'll tell you that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, also, I want to remind everybody we have a membership meeting Wednesday. Uh, the four meetings on Wednesday, 7, 9, 11, and 3. And then on Thursday, 7, 2.30 in the afternoon. And again, the last meeting is at 4 o'clock. Hopefully you get a chance to attend one of the membership meetings. Also, as housekeeping, because I'm, I'm scattered brain, <laughs> as you know, we're going to be providing some training for our newer shop stewards the 1st of March. It was one of the things that I spoke about in the January meeting that uh, we're committed to emphasizing safety. We're committed to getting our union representatives trained. So the safety component, we started the tail to tails again with our shop stewards going from work area to work area, articulating concerns, talking about safety issues, et cetera, et cetera. And again, like I said, we're starting the uh, education process for our shop stewards. So, but I think that's all of my housekeeping notes. <laughs> well, I appreciate you joining me today, Greg. It's always good to sit down and, you know, we deal with this every day. But when you sit down and encapsulate it like you do, you know, do we put a lot of it together? Our members are knocking it out of the park. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Have a great day. And to Greg's point, slow down and be safe. They pay us to do a job, but they certainly don't pay us to risk our lives to do it. So everybody have a great day and we'll talk to you later. For questions and comments about today's podcast, please email podcast at TWULocal513.org. For more information about TWU Local 513, please visit www.TWULocal513.org. Music license by Pond5. Today's podcast was produced, engineered, and edited by Tommy Engel.